Welcome, everybody, to the basketball show powered by Hoop City 3x3. I'm your host, Paul Sir, joined today by Ryan and Brian, and we have a power-packed lineup today for our show. But we're going to start out today with uh, the poll question, and Ryan, could you tell everybody uh, what we're looking for? And I think it's a really fun poll to be able to, to consider and vote on. Yeah, for sure. So just over on our Twitter, uh, basketball underscore show. Today's poll is uh, related to a three-point contest. As we just saw that Sabrina versus Steph contest, we have a more wide range of candidates in this poll today. It's who would win in a three-point contest. Uh, Steph Curry, Caitlin Caitlin Clark, Sabrina Oscu, and Damien Lillard. Right now, we have some votes, and Stephen Curry is uh, the runaway favorite, maybe justifiably so, so far, but we will check in with it throughout the show. Well, and I think uh, everybody would automatically gravitate to the greatest three-point shooter of all time. But uh, it is compelling because Ionescu is no joke. Uh, she tested Steph Curry in that matchup at the NBA All-Star Weekend. And, of course, Caitlin Clark's uh, legendary status that continues to grow and her uh, great shots, none none more ex- uh, ex- uh being more exemplary about Caitlin Clark's career than the shot she hit to break Pete Maravich's record from the logo, probably 35 feet from the basket. So uh, you can also text us with your questions at one 401 1440 Again, our text line is 833-401-1440. Our lineup today, uh, thanks to the great work of Brian Swain, uh, Reagan Wood from the Alberta Basketball Association is going to come with uh, come with us first and talk about the upcoming Youth Provincial Championships at the Saville Community Sports Center uh, next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Scott Edwards, the longtime head coach of the University of Alberta Pandas women's basketball team, is going to talk about the U Sports Women's Championships also being held at the Savile Center at the same time. We then are going to be joined by Lou Too Tall Winston, a player for the Harlem Globetrotters, who are going to be appearing in Edmonton at Rogers Place on Sunday, March 10th, same weekend as Youth Provincials, same weekend as U Sports uh, at 3 p.m. But you can hustle over to the Savile Center for the U Sports Women's Championship at 7.30 p.m. that night. And then in hour two, uh, we get it gets even better. Tim Roy, the TV, longtime TV play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, will be with us, followed by uh, Toronto Sun uh, beat writer focusing on the Raptors, Ryan Wolstadt. And, uh, Brian, we're going to touch on the unfortunate Scotty Barnes injury from last night. Yeah, tough one for the Raptors last night with Scotty Burns going down, and it doesn't sound good. I, you know, I'm sure Ryan will be able to fill us in a bit more on that when we have him on later on the show, but um, that might have been the writing on the wall for the Raptors season. 100%, and, and I think we all agreed it was a long, long, long shot for them even to get into the 10th spot, but with Scotty Barnes out, that becomes an even longer shot. Uh, Brian, I'm going to go right back to you. This is a dynamic. I mean, this is the most wonderful time of the year for basketball fans because at every level there are playoffs galore. But talk about some of the action that's taking place in our Edmonton area this weekend. Yeah, right now, uh, actually, literally, as we speak, the action's already underway at the Expo Center down at the old Northlands grounds where the city championships are being held this year, they started last night, continuing today. So an awesome opportunity for all the, the kids to get a chance to, to play there and, and go for the city championships. 
Uh, the action's already underway right now, as I mentioned, the senior, vis- senior boys Division 4 matchup between St. Albert and Sturgeon. At 12-15, it's Senior Girls Division 3, Mother Margaret Mary versus Dr. Ann Anderson. 2-30 is the Senior Boys Division 3 matchup, Memorial versus LSL, Louis St. Laurent. Uh, 4.45 then, that's when we get into the uh, the big matchups here. The Senior Girls Division 1, Harry Ainley and Jasper Place, two old-time rivals. And then uh, then someone we know quite well, Paul, in the 7 p.m., uh, the final matchup of the day, Senior Boys Division 1, St. Francis Xavier going up against Dave Young's and his mighty Thunderbirds of Ross Shepherd High. What a way uh, in Dave Young's retirement year after the program fell off. And last year they won the Division 2 championship but to come back the next year and be in the division one championship game against a powerful sfx team is a real tribute again to dave young's and and how much more appropriate could it be talk as well brian a bit about acac and about uh the youth sports and what what uh, action will be taking place? Yeah, the ACAC championships are continuing this weekend at uh, sites around the province, um, and they'll be heading towards uh, their their finals. Um, in U Sports, they're actually off this week. Uh, the U Sports, uh, well, I shouldn't say U Sports is, is on this week. Canada West basketball is off this week. Of course, they had their tournaments last week. Uh, Saskatchewan defeated Alberta in the women's final, and you had Victoria beating Winnipeg in the men's final. All four of those teams. Teams, however, will be participating in their respective U-Sports National Championships. Uh, the seeding for those are being announced tomorrow, and I think the ones we're all keeping an eye on most closely here in, in Edmonton and Alberta is the, is the women's draw, because, of course, that's going to be taking place next weekend at the Savile Centre, and we're all waiting to see where the, the pandas will be seeded. And it'll be interesting maybe to ask uh, Scott Edwards when he comes on here, joins us a little bit later, and see what he thinks about where his team could be slotted as they go into the, uh, the final eight. Very exciting to have the uh, women's nationals at the Savile Community Sports Center. But like we've uh, talked about before, come early and really look at your LRT and bus schedules because parking at the Savile Center is legendarily difficult. So make sure you you, you uh, p- uh, build in that into your schedule. Here, here's maybe here's maybe the secret plan, Paul. Is you go see the Globe Tires at three o'clock. You park in Northlands where there's much more spots. Then you take the LRT there. Catch the championship game at U Sports and come back, and so maybe maybe that's the secret. I'll tell you what, for all long. Brian doing traffic for us here yeah. on the basketball show. I I, I couldn't agree more. But it, it, again, the best time of the year, and let, let's. I'm I'm going to tell you a real quick story about uh, this past week. I was I uh, due to a family illness. I was back in my hometown in Cresco, Iowa, and as I was driving in on um, Monday evening. Similar to the scene in the Field of Dreams where you see a long lineup of cars coming into the field uh, before the final game between the, uh, the Ghosts team uh, and the magic that that movie portrayed. But I saw a similar, similar scene because there were, t- there were cars streaming into Little Cresco and it turned out it was between two Northeast Iowa teams for the 3A birth to the state championship Decorah, Iowa, and Charles City, Iowa. Now, Decorah, Iowa has an ex-NBA-er named Rafe LaFrenz who played at Kansas, was a great player at Kansas, and a great and had a great career in the NBA. He's made Decorah his home. He's built a facility there, and he's developed. Uh, he's helped develop Decorah into a powerhouse. The gym seats 800. They had 1,500 people there, all going crazy for a, what it turned out to be a Decorah blowout. 
But also when I was down there, I had the opportunity to watch Caitlin Clark a, a couple of times on TV as well and see the magic that she brings to the game. And, and uh, Brian, uh, Caitlin Clark, this week, to the surprise of some people, has decided that she's going to forego an extra COVID year of eligibility and uh, go into the WNBA draft. Yeah, so, uh, and I know the the city of Indianapolis is very excited. It, it's it's pretty cool actually seeing the reaction like this. I've never seen this kind of hype around a, a WNBA draft. And of course, I mean, it, it's pretty much, I mean, Indiana Indiana Fever, of course, had the number one overall pick. as pretty much fait accompli that she's going there. So uh, they're, they're excited there. So it's, it, it's pretty cool. We've never seen, I'm going to say in any women's professional sport league, at least in North America that I can recall, I don't think there's ever been this kind of hype around someone coming into the league so it's it's very cool it shows the growth in in women's basketball and just the growth uh, uh us uh you know society being more supportive of the sport well absolutely and and edmonton being an epicenter of support for women's basketball both from emanating from our history with the edmonton grads uh all the way up to the last 12 years being the home of the women's uh, olympic slash national team from canada basketball who have trained over at the Savile Community Sports Center and made mincemeat out of a lot of college men's teams uh, as they've scrimmaged as they scrimmaged them over the years. We have a we have a rich and unique history with women's basketball, but to see someone like Caitlin Clark electrify really is is I think the best word that you could use the way she's electrified women's basketball and the attention being brought to it. Uh, I think it, it it is very exciting to see and uh, to see. Uh, I was watching the University of Maryland play the University of Iowa on TV for the men's game, uh, about half full in the arena in in Maryland at their home court for the women's game, sold out, standing room only. Caitlin Clark is a phenomenon, and one of the reasons is like Pistol Pete, like Steph Curry, she's revolutionized the game now to show a new realm of possibilities of a shoot you know being able to shoot from distance brian but b uh the uh, ability to create her own shot from distance so she's really changed how i think people see that and there's so many other great players in the women's game but those skill sets have never existed in abundance like they do in caitlin clark's game yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how that transfers to the WNBA. And, you know, I'm sure, I, I think she's going to do very well. But she has revolutionized the, the, the play at the level of college basketball. Now when she goes goes up a notch, and obviously the competition becomes that much more stiffer and players that are that much, you know, their game's that much more developed, they're that much stronger, quicker, all of that. It'll be interesting to see how she can affect play. And who's to say she, she can't? I mean, she may have the same revolutionary impact in the WNBA as she's already had in college basketball. I would draw the parallel to Pistol Pete because Pistol Pete went into the league uh, with a, a big target on his back because yeah, after averaging 44-plus points throughout his career, everybody wanted a shot at the pistol. And it did take him a while to adjust. However, he did adjust and was All-NBA for several years. Caitlin Clark will most likely have that experience. Bigger, stronger, better athletes, and a huge target on her she back. Is, that, there's probably going to be a lot of maybe some jealousy or animosity, no doubt, coming in that she'll have to deal with. I'm interested to see how she handles that. Well, 100%. And uh, based on everything she's shown so far, she's ha- she'll probably handle it very well. We're going to jump to our first guest, Reagan Wood, who I have known for a long, long time. Reagan is... 
the longtime successful head coach at Concordia University here in Edmonton. Also works as director of coaching development for the Alberta Basketball Association. And we welcome Reagan to the program. Reagan, good morning. There we go. Reagan, can you hear me? I can hear you, Paul. Thanks for uh, having me on. Great to great to talk with you and Brian. Well, it's good. Great to have you here, Reagan. So, Reagan, next week, the longtime tradition of the El- Alberta Basketball Association Youth Provincial Championships continues at the Savile Community Sports Center next Friday and Saturday. And as it turns out, it just so happens that that is happening at the same time as the uh, as the hosting of the U Sports Women's Championships, what kind of challenges logistically, Reagan, has that presented to the ABA organizing uh, committee in getting ready for these championships? <laughs> uh, well, as you know very well, many many challenges, um, but uh, you know the tremendous group of people working to put it on together. Uh, great collaboration between the University of Alberta the ABA, EYBA, CMBA, all the organizations that are involved are, are working hard to make this uh, the best event that we can. And the the opportunity to have a showcase event like the Youth Provincials be in the same place as a national championship um, for the youth sport women is, is just going to be phenomenal. Um, we're excited for how many people are going to be there, a chance to get you know maybe some new fans to the game. Um, it's just going to be a great time. I think you summed that up really well, Reagan, because in addition to the the opportunity to play for the boys and girls that will be part of the uh, of the youth provincials, they're going to be able to have the opportunity, if uh, the seating is available, to go over and watch the best youth sports women's players in the country playing as well. Yeah, like again, it's again a couple of years ago when they had the men's championship there. Um, same kind of scenario, but uh, you know the uh, the pandas uh, have done well this year. They've, they've put themselves in a good position heading in, as far as I know. And uh, excited to see again. Maybe the local team can can uh, get the championship one, and that would be an awesome way to cap off a, a phenomenal weekend of basketball. Uh, tell our listeners what kind of numbers uh, Reagan uh, can be expected to be participating in the youth provincial championships. Uh, well, well over 100 teams, well over 1,600 players, uh, teams from uh, the Southern Alberta region, Raymond area, Lethbridge, up through Calgary, uh, Red Deer area, Edmonton, and then up north in Grand Prairie and, and Fort McMurray teams from all over the province come in and are able to be a part of this. It's, uh, there was some, there's a little bit of qualification that goes on, but there's also some open declaration for teams to that don't necessarily have a, a same formalized league as Edmonton and Calgary do to come in and be a part of this and have it be a true celebration of, of youth basketball in our province. Well, and I think that's really the key uh, and has always been, I think, the, the most important and most delightful uh, aspect, I, 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 if I can use that word, of the Youth Provincials, Reagan, is that it is an opportunity for kids. And these are kids that don't always have the opportunity to play on school teams, for instance, and are in smaller communities where they have to travel long distances uh, for their game. And to be able to come into a tournament event, which really has 
a big time feel. I mean, think of the days, Reagan, when we would have to play in a variety of gyms all over the city. Uh, you really never could create that sense of being in one spot and the energy that just is so present and so much a part of the uh, of the uh, youth provincial championships. Absolutely, and again, to, not to go too far down memory lane, but uh, years where uh, you coached me in this very event, and the the anticipation and the looking forward to, and again, every Saturday morning, looking on the fridge at the printout schedule of, oh, you know, we've got to go to Mary Butterworth at 9 a.m., and we got to be in Beaumont at uh, 1.30. So, you know, we knew those Saturdays were coming. But as you said now, I mean, there's been so many people that have put time and effort into making uh, opportunities in the game happen. Um, The Savile Center, now with the EYBA Center, the fact that we can do this event, as you said, centralized in one place where people can watch a ton of games. You can see the other teams you're competing against. You can, you know, we'll have the games broadcast on Baller TV we, you know, just everything that the event has grown into over the years, it's just phenomenal to see um, how it's changed, how it's grown, and the investment that's being made in it to, to continue to make it uh, an outstanding experience for young people. Well, and I really appreciate, Reagan, what you're saying, because I think, uh, I think that uh, all of the, uh, the participating partners uh, are owed a big debt of gratitude for making this event happen. So I wish you all the best. That's next Friday. What time does it kick off on Friday? Uh, I, I, I think our first game is at 10 a.m. Okay. And uh, then solid on through into the evening. And then uh, our championship games will happen a little later in the day on Saturday, around that 5 or five or 6 o'clock. And then the chance for people who have been at our games to, like you said, go in and watch the U Sports Women's National Championships and see some phenomenal basketball there as well. So um, just gonna, it's just going to be great. Well, Reagan Wood, uh, thank you so much. Congratulations on your season with the Concordia Men's Thunder basketball team this year. I see you had two of your athletes on the all-league all teams. Congratulations on that. Everybody, next weekend, Friday and Saturday at the Savile Community Sports Center, it's going to be a sports hub Uh, When the uh, visionaries who built Savile, the Savile Community Sports Center, put this together, this is exactly what they had in mind. And uh, Edmonton, uh, in the community, you have a real opportunity to get out and see a lot of of kids with a lot of passion playing and some of the best basketball in the country. Reagan Wood, thanks again for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Always great to talk with you and, uh, and talk hoops. Reagan Wood, Concordia Men, Alberta Basketball Coaching uh, Director. You're listening to the Basketball Show on Sports 1440. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll come back with the University of Alberta head coach for the women's team for the Pandas, Scott Edwards. Welcome back to the Basketball Show, powered by Hoop City 3X3 on Sports 1440. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I'm really pleased to bring in the longtime head coach of the University of Alberta Pandas basketball team. They've had a great uh, season this year, and they're getting ready now for the U Sports Women's National Championships to be held at the Savile Community Sports Center uh, coming up next week. And I'd like to bring uh, Scott Edwards in. Scott, good morning. Uh, Scott, can you hear me? I can, yeah. There we go. Hey, Scott, good to hear you. Thanks for being here. Good to hear you. No uh, problem. Scott, 
uh, first of all, let's let's talk about the season. Uh, tell me about the the panda season this year. How it un, how, how it unfolded. How it developed over the year. Yeah, it was a an interesting year, Paul. We uh, we loaded up our preseason schedule, tried to make it as tough as we could, knowing, you know, with that host birth of the national championship, we just wanted to expose our team to as many different styles of play and and different quality opponents as we could. And that preseason went very well. We went seven and one after after that ended, and our only loss to the defending national champion Carlton Ravens, and a close one out in Victoria. So, felt really good about that going into conference play. Conference play, we we knew that as, as well. We had one of the tougher schedules, and if anyone follows Canada West basketball, they know that um, it's an imbalanced schedule uh, based on the fact we got 17 teams in the league right now. So uh, we had one of the more difficult schedules, and I, I thought we played well, but we had a few more losses than, than probably people are used to from us. But went 14 and six, and, and um, ultimately finished sixth in conference play. But then uh, playoffs kind of picked it up again, and we end up with the silver medal of the Canvas Championships last weekend out in Abbotsford. Uh, Scott, your, your personnel this year, uh, who in particular stood out to you? If you could point to, let, let's say, three players who had sure, yeah. who had really interesting years, in, in your opinion, and that could be in terms of their development, uh, both on and off the court. Like, who, who would you who would you point to that were really uh, integral to your team's performance and success? I felt like uh, Jenna Harp uh, just kind of picked up where she left off at the national championships a year ago, where she was just fantastic. Fantastic, yes. She she had her best season as a uh, as a panda, and uh, you know, culminating with the first team Canalist All Star, and, and much deserved honor for her. I think she just led our team. I mean, she led us in scoring, but she also led us in many different ways. And just her 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 valued leadership and maturity was was fun to watch this season. Claire Signatovich had another outstanding season. She ended up being a, a, a third team Canada West All Star and the Canalist uh, Defensive Player of the Year for the second time in a row. So fans coming out this week to watch her. Uh, I think you know she's something special in that athlete. She she gives us a lot of different things uh, on the floor, and and she certainly commands the paint for us and rebounds so hard and just alters everybody else's offensive strategy just by her sheer presence on the court. And and I thought that our our point guard Morgan Harris had a nice season. It's her third year now with the team, and and she really took ownership of the group and, and defended her position really well, but also really mature way of leading our team offensively. I know it's always hard to pick uh, athletes out uh, and single them out. I put you on the spot there, Scott. So I think you handled that really well. But I, <laughs> but I think you know, you know, I think the pandas. One of the things you built into the culture with the pandas uh, over your tenure at the University of Alberta, Scott, is you really build camaraderie and and you really work hard both on and off the court at unification and, and building that culture of trust, building that culture of uh, really enjoying each other, both as people and as players. Did you feel that that was accomplished again this year? Yeah, I, this team was uh, unique for us in that almost the entire group from last year returned. We, only, we brought in three new athletes, but all, just about everyone who was on the team a year ago, we only lost Emma Carey from that group. And so... Um, the, the group that played at the national championships year ago. So the the reality was that there is a great group of kids who've been together for a while now, and they, they really understand each other. And um, with any team, there's ups and downs throughout a season, but the, the foundations of who they are and what they mean to each other. And like you said, we work really hard at that 
culture and the team team chemistry part of it. And so if they've they've stayed for a while, they've clearly bought into it. And um, we're really proud of them this year, especially through some adversity. We lost three games in a row in, in mid January, and uh, they they just stuck true to their standards and and uh, their belief in each other. And and we started to turn the corner after that. You're listening to the Basketball Show on Sports 1440. I'm Paul Sir, and I'm with the head coach of the University of Alberta Pandas, Scott Edwards. Scott, talk about the growth and development of women's basketball over your uh, over your years with the University of Alberta, being in the uh, Canadian university system. What what stands out to you as being the areas that basketball has has grown the most in? I, like for our area specifically, I think, and the, just the sheer number of athletes playing basketball is, has grown a lot. I, I would liken that to all the hard work that the the coaches and club coaches or high school coaches and club coaches are doing in the area, and just more opportunity for athletes. I think the quality of coaching is getting better, and so you're seeing more athletes enjoying their experience and staying with the sport longer. And I think that you know bringing the national team here has obviously helped in terms of exposure to what they could become, and um, those are such incredible role models for our younger athletes in the community. And so uh, that's just you know we'll be a part of that. But it, those things have sort of trickled into the to the youth development. And what I've noticed over the last little while is just the the passion that the the coaches in our area have for the game and the work that they're putting into it is is really inspiring and. Um, you, you'll see more athletes just being excited about the game and, and staying with it longer. And it's such a such a tough thing, especially after the COVID, when we saw so many young athletes leaving sports all over the country. And uh, I think our participation is only going up. And so I credit all the, the youth coaches in the community. Well, I th- that those are very kind words, Scott. And what is encouraging in what you're saying right now is that we are seeing a groundswell of participation because I think there was a lot of apprehension, a lot of fear and, and uh, trepidation after COVID that we were losing these kids for good. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at the, the pandemic and the unprecedented pandemic that nobody had ever experienced anything like that. And you have to, you, I, I think everybody just didn't know what to expect coming out of it. But mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say is that the local coaching community, the, lo- the local schools and clubs redoubled their efforts to draw kids in to, into their programs. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And, and I, I think and, and with anything, when you have time to sit and reflect as much as we all did <laughs> that year yes. uh, on what matters in your life, I, I really found that, you know, the people that love this game and want to be involved with it, just kind of decided to make a conscious effort that they're going to invest their time and energy into providing opportunities for athletes and um you know in, including the three-on-three work that you guys do that that is another huge part of that development in our community and it gives a, another outlet and another another way to play the game and and get ex- exposure and and get some confidence going and as we know with three on three how much how much better it is for young athletes to play it consistently so they get more touches and so a lot of different areas but it's just a it's just nice to be a part of the community right now and see the the passion and energy for basketball in Edmonton it really is Scott and uh hopefully I think what we're going to be seeing I I know like from your standpoint you of course want to see more local athletes that can come and be a panda and contribute to your program But, but I also have known you for a long time, and I also know your uh, core concern and your core values centered around the, the life lessons that basketball mm-hmm. can teach kids. 
And uh, what are what are some of those what are what are some of those lessons that you think benefit young athletes the most? Like if you were ta- sitting across from a, a mom and dad right now and trying to convince them on why their daughter should play basketball, what would you tell right. them? Well, it's just a great way to practice real life. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. When we, when, we, when we talk, yeah, when we talk to high school athletes and junior high athletes, why you should come to university. Well, we all, those that went to university, and even if you played sports or not, know that it was a great way to practice being an adult, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of a safety net in school. The same thing in sports. It's a great way to learn really important life lessons. And you're not always going to get what you want just because you worked really hard. And there's a ton of people that work really hard at things. And sometimes there's luck involved, and sometimes it's this right opportunity, and you're in the right spot. And these things all take take part but these the life lessons they, they learn through sport are so critical into their development as human beings and, and their ability to go out in the community and and uh, you know be good citizens uh, using sport to do that is a critical part in my opinion of of how we develop young people and that big thing is understanding um you know, like if I do work hard at something, there are rewards for me. <laughs> if I do work hard at something, there may be rewards and there may be some ups and downs that come along with that. And and that is life, right? We we all have those those moments in our careers and, and in our family lives and, and in our relationships. And so being able to work at things and, and being a good person to others, uh, those things are learned through sport, really. And if you're willing to put yourself out there and take chances, you'll, you'll learn a lot about yourself and grow from it. I, I, I love I, I loved your explanation, Scott, but I love that last sentence. If you're willing to put yourself out there and take chances, the rewards might be there, but you know what? They may not be there immediately. And when I think of that, I think of young people who put themselves out there and go to a tryout for a particular team mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out. And mm-hmm. that can be such an opportunity for growth because as you know, and as everyone finds out in life, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to, but you'll never know unless you put yourself out there. And basketball, well, I, sport, I, and activities in general provide that opportunity. Absolutely. And you can look to to very famous <laughs> women out of Edmonton who've had that experience and been Olympians and the Plus Twins, Michelle and Catherine. They, they did not make their provincial team in grade eight. They put themselves out there. They got cut. <laughs> And they had to come back the next year and try out again and keep putting their their name out there and keep working on their game and look what they became because of that experience. And they they may not have been the same people if they weren't treated with respect on that, that decision that was that was made that one year, if the coaches hadn't been really good to them, if they hadn't had good family um, members to talk to them through that or good coaches that they were working with to, to trust their process. Who knows what would have come? And we would have all been deprived of watching those those young women potentially play the Olympics in the three v three, and we've watched them play at the Olympics and represent their country for multiple years. And uh, I just think it, you're right; like it's it says so much about young athletes if they're willing to put themselves out there and and fail but come back. Uh, those are great life lessons to learn. It will help them immensely in the future. Scott Edwards, head coach of the University of Alberta Pandas, talking with us on. The basketball show on Sports 1440. Scott, let's go back to the national championships. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about the, the the teams that are coming there. Uh, of what fans should uh, look for from some of the some of the teams that the Pandas are going to be competing against. Yeah, this. So this is my 18th year in U Sports basketball, and um, been to many of the championships and. 
so far. I mean, we'll know at noon today the uh, the Quebec, Quebec championship game happens, and we'll see who comes out of there. But for who's qualified already, this might be one of the strongest tournaments we've ever had. Um, there, there really hasn't been too many upsets across the country in terms of who isn't qualified for the tournament, and it helps that us as the host has had a good season, and we are one of the qualifiers out of Canada West, so it it uh, makes the tournament even that much stronger. But just I'll go west east and say like the Fraser Valley Cascades that are coming here with a couple of Edmonton products on the team. Uh, they've had a great season. They've been in their top seven or eight ranked all season long. I think they went 17 and three or 16 and four in conference play. Just a phenomenal team, older, experienced team, uh, and obviously our the the Saskatchewan Huskies who who kicked our butts pretty good in the final <laughs> a week ago. Uh, they, they've just had a great season. I, I think they've had they've been on a bit of a mission all season long to get back to this championship. And, and kudos to Lisa and her crew there. They've been outstanding all season long. They've lost lost one game all year, and they'll be ready to go at the tournament. They'll be most likely the number one seed. Uh, out of Ontario, um, the two best teams out of Ontario qualified. That's Queens, who defending silver medalist, and Carlton, the defending national champion. So um, that's pretty exciting. Wow. We, we know that Laval has qualified already out of the Quebec Conference. They're either going to be the Quebec champion or they're going to be the wild card, and they've been top five ranked all season. They had an undefeated conference record. And St. Mary's out of the AUS is a team we played in the – in the championships a year ago in the, in the bronze medal game. And so, you know, the, the final four from last year's national championships, championships are back. Everyone returned almost the entire rosters. Uh, we've added Fraser Valley and Saskatchewan to the mix for this tournament already. And it's just going to be a tremendous tournament top to bottom. This might be one of the deepest youth uh, sports championships I've ever been to. Well, and, and, you know, and uh, we're going to have, unfortunately, have to wrap up right now. But but I yeah. have to tell you, Scott, as I'm sitting there, my mouth kind of progressively kind of my jaw dropped by by the time you were done. My jaw dropped to the tabletop because, I mean, like you said, this is the benefit of, of, of you know, frankly, of there not being an upset in the in mm-hmm. the in the tournaments. And now when you talk about that, not only do are we hosting the national championships here in Edmonton, we're hosting uh, a national championship that is going to bring in literally the, the probably the top eight teams in the country. And I know others might take exception with my saying that, but the quality of play will be fantastic. And having that yeah. blend of the youth provincial, Scott, happening oh, at the yeah. same time as the national championships, it's going to be a unique, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal opportunity for the Edmonton community to participate in a real celebration of basketball. Yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. It's going to be a massive celebration. My only thing, <laughs> we're, as we're wrapping up, just remind everyone that's coming to the Savile Center this weekend, try to take public transit. There's yeah. <laughs> not enough parking there. 100%. Um, yeah, be, make sure you get there early. It's going to be some great games all weekend. And, and catch some youth sports, uh, catch some of the youth championships here. It's going to be really fun this weekend. really is. And Scott, uh, it goes without saying, all the best to you and the Pandas. Uh, hope you do you know do really well uh, this this coming weekend and uh, congratulations on a, a phenomenal season a phenomenal career Scott Edwards head coach of the University of Alberta Pandas joining us on the basketball show welcome back to the basketball show I'm Paul Sir we're going to go over to Ryan Reed to give us an update on our poll question for the day 
Yeah, so over on Twitter, a basketball underscore show, we put the poll out earlier who win a three-point contest between Steph Curry, Caitlin Clark, Sabrina Ionescu, and Damian Lillard. Stephen Curry's run away with it so far. Stephen Curry with 85.7% of the vote. Caitlin Clark in second place with 10.7% of the vote. And Sabrina Ionescu's picked up a couple votes as well, 3.6% of the vote. Damian Lillard, who's won back-to-back three-point contest, yet to receive a vote. Maybe a little surprising there, but uh, again, some great shooters in this poll, so... It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is, and I think everybody... It just shows how Steph Curry universally is regarded as the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And uh, even though Damon Lillard has won it two years in a row and is a phenomenal player in his own right, everybody looks thinks of three-pointers and, and equates it to Steph Curry. Our next guest is part of the Harlem Globetrotters who are going to be coming to Edmonton at Rogers Place... Sunday, March 10th at 3 p.m. We are so pleased to be joined by Lou Too Tall Winston. Lou, how you doing? I'm doing good about yourself. Doing great and really pleased uh, and grateful that you were able to join us today. Thank you for having me. Well, now, of course, as everyone knows, with the Harlem Globetrotters, you are... Uh, a team with a rich history in entertaining people using the sport of bas- of basketball in, let's just say, very unique ways to engage your crowds. So uh, you're too tall, of course. You're uh, five foot ten inches tall. Uh, talk about right. the lineage of two tall players for the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, well, just speaking for myself, uh, how I got the name is because the coach told me that I was too short to ever play college or professional basketball. So once I accomplished all those goals and I made it here, I was like, this name is perfect for me because I could do anything I set my mind to. But just speaking on the other players, you go back and you remember names like Curly Neal, Metalark Lemon, uh, Marcus Haynes. Uh, we're standing on the shoulders of those guys, and we definitely want to just keep their legacy going. Uh, this company's been around for over close to almost 100 years or three years away, and we just want to just keep it going uh, for people that have seen us play and for the new fans that will be there in Edmonton on Washington to see us play as well. Well, uh, too tall. How long have you been with the Globetrotters? Uh, seven years. So you have traveled the the world, uh, entertaining people mm-hmm. with the Globetrotters. What's what's the most important? Uh, w- name a couple of the things that you value the most about being with the Globetrotters, and what do you want people to enjoy the most about the experience uh, I, of watching the Globetrotters play? Uh, I say for me, I, I think the biggest thing for that has kept this company going so long is our community work. Uh, I think people love the, the tricks and the fan engagement, the slam dunks, uh, the different uh, tricks that we can do with the basketball. But I think pe- people also think that we really care about the community, uh, the school visits, the hospital visits, the nonprofit organizations that we work with. And I, I, I think that's just the one of the biggest pillars that has kept this company going so long. And then for the games, uh, for me, it's Magic Pass. Everybody loves the, the spin trick, and I can spin the ball a couple of different ways. Uh, whether I'm spinning on one hand, I'm spinning on two hands, or even on my forehead. So when you, when you come out to the games and you come to Magic Pass, I love to give kids, adults who've always wanted to spin the basketball, the opportunity of what it's like to uh, spin the ball just like a globe trotter. Okay, so too tall. You you can do all these tricks. How much work do you continuously have to put in to make sure that your skills stay as sharp as they are? Uh, well, I still I still work out uh, a lot. I, I work out at least five days a week. 
um, take take the weekends off uh, just to just rest my body. But uh, I do at least two sessions a day uh, when I'm in the weight room or I'm on the court, and we play at least five to six games a week. This weekend we got uh, four games in two days, so we're, we're constantly on the road. We're constantly just trying to give fans the best game, best show possible, and we got to make sure our bodies and everything are, are, are in top shape. So we got to make sure we stay on that court and make sure we stay in the weight room. And, and uh, work on our tricks and our, and the basketball aspects of it too, the ball handling, the shooting, uh, the conditioning. So definitely, just I'm constantly in the gym. Yeah, there's just no way around it, is there, Lou? That you you no cannot fair. expect to keep your skills at their peak unless you're continuously working at them. Yes, sir. So we're talking with Lou Too Tall Winston from the Harlem Globetrotters. Lou, uh, last month was Black History Month. Uh, the, the history of the uh, Harlem Globetrotters is that you, you, the Globetrotters broke down a lot of barriers at a time when uh, black athletes were not often given the opportunities that, uh, that they, they deserved, first of all, of course, but also that they have today. How important is, uh, is the aspect of representing, uh, uh, representing the Globetrotters and the, the, uh, making the, I guess making the statement out there that uh, you're a team with a rich history of its own and you want people to see that we're all, we're all great, we're, everybody's great regardless of their, the color of their skin? Um, I would just say speaking on the history of it, um, uh, I had a kid ask me one time, what did the, what the Globe Charters have to do with uh, the NBA? Well, uh, we beat, uh, the, the, the Globe Charters beat the Minneapolis Lakers back in 1948 and 1949, and the first uh, African-American player was drafted to the Boston Celtics in 1950. So the one thing I explained to that kid was, if it wasn't for the Globe Charters uh, beating the Minneapolis Lakers and getting a player drafted from the Globe Charters, it probably would have never been a Michael Jordan, a Dr. J, a uh, LeBron James. Uh, a lot of the players you see today, like the Kyrie Irvings, you hear the, the different comparisons with uh, Marcus Haynes, his ball handling skills, the Curly Mills, his ball handling skills. So uh, if it wasn't for those guys back in the day um, going through the segregation, going to some places that people were scared to go and to entertain um, the people they had to entertain, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. So definitely have to give kudos to not only the, the players, but also the families who allowed them to travel and, and, and to make the history that they're made. And I, I come from a small town, um, not one high school, one middle school, one elementary school. And as you can see, I'm not the tallest guy out there. So one thing I just try to tell kids, it doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, it doesn't matter your, your background. Um, you, have, you come from a one-parent household, two-parent household, uh, go out there and put the work in. Uh, nobody's going to believe in a dream the way you believe in it. Uh, as long as you work hard, you believe in your dreams, lastly, you treat people with respect, anything is possible as long as you put that work in, you work hard, you treat people the right way, and you just let the chips fall where they fall. Well, too tall. those are great, great words of wisdom and, and experience, and I really appreciate the fact that you gave the context to the history of, of the Harlem Globetrotters and the barriers that... Not that they only broke down, but the ad- adversarial uh, opposition that a lot of people had to the Globetrotters' very existence, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because of the racism that exist uh, that existed at the time, and that the vision of the organization uh, was 
was to continue on and to fight through that and to break barriers down. And as you indicated, for people who don't know, the Minneapolis Lakers were the greatest team, voted as the greatest NBA team in the first 50 years of the 20th century. So we're not talking Mm -hmm. about beating uh, one of the also-rans in the league. You beat the NBA champions. And to take that forward, to make that statement, to then open the door for black athletes to be drafted into the NBA... I mean, those are profound accomplishments. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's all we want to do even now. Uh, just like you said, just leave the love uh, everywhere that we go. Uh, we, our, our main focus now is to, to bring families together with a great basketball entertainment and uh, just make members worth competing. And as long as we keep doing that, and as long as I keep playing for the organization, that's all I want to do is just keep sharpening my skills, leading the love, and just make members worth repeating. And at the end of the day, if I can inspire a kid to chase out his dream uh, and go for everything that he's got, I feel like I did my job at the end of the day. Well, I think you do your job and you do it extremely well. And we're talking to Lou Too Tall Winston, a member of the Harlem Globetrotters coming to Rogers Place at 3 p.m. on Sunday, March 10th. Uh, people, please go out there, get your tickets and support this team uh, and go because you're going to have nothing but fun when you uh, when you watch this team compete. Now, uh, tell me what it's like, Lou. Like, you're all entertainers. You're together mm-hmm. a lot. You're traveling together a lot. Uh, what's it like? Uh, what's it like to be part of this team? To be part of this organization uh, with all these fellow entertainers? Uh, it's, it's it's fun. Uh, we, we all come from a basketball background, uh, whether it's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Some of us even had the opportunity to play in the G League as well as the NBA. So uh, it, it's a it's a basketball family. Uh, of course, in that family, you're going to have some arguments. You might have a little tussle seeing there, but at the end of the day, it goes back to that word family. And uh, just to get a chance just to travel the world and you get to experience different people, um, you, you get to learn more about them. You get to learn about the different things that they like to eat and the different places that you get to eat. And then just to get a chance to just play in some of the amazing places like we're going to get to play in Edmonton at, at uh, Rogers Place March 10th. Um, uh, some of the best places I've had a chance to go is uh, Spain, the U.K., Australia. Uh, I've been to 48 different states. So every every arena... Every city, every state I get a chance to go in, I just want to just leave my mark, no matter what, if I'm playing in front of 100 people or this uh, 11,000 people like we had the other night at uh, Master Square Garden. Wow. Well, Lou, uh, really looking forward to you being part of the Edmonton community in the upcoming game. And again, folks, that's at Rogers Place at 3 p.m. on Sunday, March 10th. Uh, get your tickets. Go out. You're going to have a great time. Lou Too Tall Winston, I hope you have a great time in Edmonton. Safe travels to you, and thank you so much for spending this time with us on the basketball show. Oh, anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. HarlemGrowthTalks.com, March 10th. Uh, can't wait to be out there. Go get your tickets. Thank you guys so much for having me. God bless. Oh. Lou Too Tall Winston joining us here on the basketball show today. Um, uh, remind everybody, our text line is one eight three three four zero one one four four zero. We have the poll question as well going on right now. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking to the voice of the Golden State Warriors, a longtime voice, Tim Roy, who is their TV play-by-play announcer here on the Basketball Show.